good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. And let's start off with the daily COVID numbers. Thailand logged 13,576 new COVID-19 cases and 117 more fatalities during the previous 24 hours, the Public Health Ministry announced on Sunday morning. Greater Bangkok accounted for 53 fatalities and the rest were registered in 32 other provinces, the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration said on Sunday afternoon. On Saturday, 12,492 COVID-19 patients were discharged from hospital after recovering from the coronavirus, fewer than the number of new infections. So as you can see, the numbers have kind of, as I've always said, they've stagnated around the 13 to 14,000 mark. We're not quite sure how many people are being tested on a daily basis. This kind of information now is being hidden from us. So it's hard to know, are we really on the downward trend or is it just kind of being mass and a little bit hidden from us? But as I say, we'll just keep an eye on it and we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. And we'll start off with today's first story. Tourism Authority of Thailand told to propose a plan for the reopening to the CCSA on September 23rd. The Tourism and Sports Ministry has told the Tourism Authority of Thailand to propose the plan on reopening five provinces for the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration on September 23rd, Minister Piapat Rechabakarn said on Saturday. Under the plan, five provinces, Bangkok, Chamburi, Pechaburi, Prachapkiri Khan, Chiang Mai, will be reopened to fully vaccinated foreign tourists from October 1. Piapat said that over 90% of Bangkokonians have received their first jab, but only 37% have received a second jab. He expected the number of fully vaccinated Bangkokonians will reach 70% by October 22nd. However, if we can accelerate the vaccination, we can reopen Bangkok earlier, he said. Separately, Piapat posted a Facebook message on September 15th saying he had attended the meeting with Bangkok Governor Aswin Kwamuang and other related agencies on the plan to reopen Bangkok. Among provinces that will be reopened under Prime Minister Pranichas policy, Bangkok is the hardest one because it's the big city with a large population and areas connected with many provinces. After a long discussion, we reached a conclusion that 50 districts throughout Bangkok could be reopened on October 15th once 70% of citizens have been fully vaccinated. He added that if agencies can accelerate the vaccination to reach 70% by October 5, then Bangkok can reopen on October 15th. We will discuss the case with the Public Health Ministry to accelerate the allocation of COVID-19 vaccines, he said. So let's just break all this nonsense down. Now, this is the same minister who came out last Monday, I believe, and told everyone that these, these five provinces would be opening on October 1 including Bangkok. Then, the next day, another clown came out to say that it would be moved to October 15th. Then in the meantime, we did Tourism Authority of Thailand definitely saying it was October 15th. And then came the mayor of Bangkok who said absolutely no way would they be opening October 15th and that he's the only one who can open up Bangkok and there's no way it'll be open on October 15th. Then the CCSA came out and said that they have no firm date set when Bangkok would reopen. And that's where we are at now with more talk about reopening around October 15th. Now, 
Now, we need to break down a little bit more of this as well. This 70% that they keep talking about, this is some grand scheme where they think that they're going to have herd immunity. Now, it's been com common knowledge over the last couple of months that with Delta variant, there is no herd immunity anymore. It's changed the game. So these guys are working off an old model and trying to adapt it for themselves in order to reopen. Now, I've had a long think about this whole reopening malarkey and what's been going on here. And it seems that all these cabinet meetings, all these guys sitting around tables actually never talk to each other about anything. Either that or they're just looking to have their name in the spotlight on the front of the Bangkok Post or the Nation or whatever newspaper it is at the time to offer some great news to people. Like this is not great news when you tell people various different dates in the space of five days. As I've said before, tourism demands confidence in the destination that you're going to. And this will never inspire any confidence. In fact, they have now turned this into a clown show where people just don't believe anything they say anymore. And this will be international tourists looking at this going, absolutely no way am I booking a ticket to Bangkok or Thailand. I mean, based on how these clowns act. The bottom line is here, they're talking about all these different vaccines they're getting. So if your priority is to vaccinate as many people as possible and then reopen, then why not just vaccinate as many people as you can and then reopen the doors. I think this whole idea that we're going to wait till we get to 70% and we're going to pick this date and this date, these dates are all, you know, really nonsensical when you think about it because nobody can tell the future and, and we just don't know what's going on in relation to all this COVID around the world and especially in Thailand because you know the numbers are a little bit iffy at times. Personally as I said I've been thinking about this a lot and I think they need to pick a date and I'm not talking about October I'm talking about somewhere like December 1 or January 1 and get as many people vaccinated as physically possible before that date and then reopen the country because it's the only way it's going to work. We've said it now how many times in this show. People are not interested in your little sandbox nonsense, your little hooahin nonsense, your patia nonsense. All, by the way, while under emergency decree, all while you have curfews in dark red zones such as Pattaya and Bangkok. All when restaurants are not able to open properly, serve a few drinks with a meal. All when all the bars are closed. Nobody is coming for this nonsense. And it's just, it's either they're living in a little bubble of their own where they actually think people would turn up for this. And that's what I just don't get. The only way this is going to work is if you vaccinate everybody and you reopen your country and you lift all the restrictions you already have in the country and you welcome tourists properly to the country. Not here for the great rip-off. Because that's what it is. It's the great rip-off. Big hotels making the money. A couple of private hospitals making millions of euros from RT-PCR tests and Thai insurance companies cleaning up on these expensive compulsory policies that most Western countries won't give because Thailand's on a red list. Time to end the scam of all these sandboxes and it's time to open up properly if you are serious about bringing business back to the country. And the other thing with all this, there isn't going to be some kind of rush of people, regardless if you open up. There's not going to be a huge rush of people heading into the country. It'll be a slow trickle at the beginning and it'll have to build up over time with promotions and spurring domestic tourism at the same time as well. It has to be a combination of everything. Yeah, I also think they have this idea in their head that the minute they open up, that all the planes are going to be packed with people just dying to get here. That's not going to be the case. There's going to be a lot of hesitancy before they head here, wondering if the rules and the reopening will last because nobody knows what this government does, not even them most of the time. The left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing most days. No matter what dates they give out at the moment, I don't believe any of them. I mean, if you look at my thumbnails last week on my YouTube channel, it literally was a different story of a different date 
of reopening because this is what these clowns are telling us each and every day. Now, I do have to say that a lot of, you know, the newspapers, they need to ask a lot harder questions of these politicians. What is your reasoning behind this date? How can you propose this date? Have you spoken with the with the mayor of Bangkok? Have you spoken with the health department? You know, or are you just throwing this number out for a bit of fun? I mean, a lot more work needs to go in by the media in relation to these kind of press conferences that they're having when this guy's announcing stuff like this. There needs to be probing questions asking them how did you arrive at this date never is by the way but that's thailand for you and some of the media in this country i might add too but nevertheless let's fingers crossed they come up with some kind of an actual plan in the coming weeks because by the way september 23rd and you're meant to be opening on october 1 we all know that's not going to be happening it seems to me the sops haven't even been drawn up for most of this so i don't know what they'd expect they'd have done in a week anyway we'll leave it there and we'll move on to the next story now our next story, Dutchman's lawsuit to strike down higher expat fees at Thai hospitals nears verdict. A court will hear on Tuesday the final arguments in an anti-discrimination suit brought by a Dutch national seeking to end dual pricing at Thailand's public hospitals. The administrative court in Pechaburi province will hold its final hearing in the two-year-old case brought by Erwin Buse, who is representing himself against health ministry lawyers to challenge the higher fees for non-ties as unconstitutional. In his suit, the 52-year-old contended that the new fair structure not only violated the constitution's protections against discrimination, but also regulations stipulating that public hospital fees be determined by simple calculations of actual cost. Reached for comment, Mr. Buse said, Friday afternoon that he could not comment on the court proceedings until they were concluded, but noted that he hoped a positive ruling would benefit a much larger community. I tell them I'm representing all the foreigners living in Thailand, he said. It's not about me. This is not my personal case. His lawsuit named the Health Ministry and its head, who is Minister Anutan Charvaku. It also asked the court to annul the rate structure and ordered the ministry to revert to what it had previously been in place since 2004. A ruling is likely to come within days of Tuesday's hearing. Boos first took on overcharging on a personal level several years ago when he was travelling 100 kilometres from his rural residence for cancer treatment at Hua Hin Hospital. He described being charged hundreds of baht in additional extra fees each time. Under new rules enacted in September 2019, public hospitals were instructed to charge patients at what amounts to a four-tier system based on their legal status. Thai nationals, citizens of neighbouring countries and working foreigners on non-immigrant visas. The fourth group consists of tourists, retirees and foreigners married to Thai nationals. While foreigners from other ASEAN nations pay the same rate as citizens, fees go up significantly for the third group, which includes most expats, while retirees and tourists pay much more, often double. For example, according to a ministry fee structure published at the time, simple antibody screening costs Thais and ASEAN residents 130 Thai baht and expats 190. Retirees and tourists pay double at 260. On the other end, a spinal MRI that costs citizens and their neighbours 18,700 jumps to 23,375 for working expats and 28,050 baht for retirees and tourists. In 2018, Buse was said to have prevailed in his long-running battle to obtain compensation for his high Huahin hospital fees. Despite several highly publicised claims he would be reimbursed, he never was. He lives in a rural corner of Prachikiri County province with his wife where he tends to goats. I have to say I fully support his lawsuit against the public health ministry and I truly hope he succeeds because it will be good news for expats, retirees, 
working expats, people just married, tourists, everyone, when the discrimination in Thai public hospitals is removed. And I really do hope for a positive result for him and for all of us who live here in the country and plan to visit on Tuesday. Now our next story, the Phuket Sandbox does not help most small business owners, says local entrepreneurs. Local shop owners and entrepreneurs in Phuket mutually agreed that the Phuket Sandbox program to attract foreign vaccinated tourists did not help domestic tourism and small business owners since it first launched in July. Local reporters yesterday, September 18th, have interviewed multiple areas of shopkeepers in Old Phuket Town on Telang Road regarding the tourism situation after the Phuket Sandbox has been applied to welcome vaccinated foreigners for more than two months. All of them spoke in unison that the island is still very quiet with almost no tourists at all. Even if there are tourists, most of them will usually come to appreciate the neighborhood and rarely purchase things. A representative of local business operators told reporters, Now we see some tour guides who bring tourists from the Phuket Sandbox project to travel to old Phuket town, but only on certain days and not every day. These are also often guided tours around seeing the architecture and area and not actually allowing visitors to roam shops. The overall situation in the city and in old Phuket town is still concerning with a quiet atmosphere and no tourists. Entrepreneurs can sell their products. Phuket Sandbox does not really improve tourism in the area. The atmosphere is quiet due to the government not allowing alcohol in restaurants, music and other things tourists want on holiday. Some big and powerful businesses and resorts may get some benefit from the sandbox, but not us. Plus, the current pandemic situation in the area is still ongoing, making the tourism atmosphere becomes quieter. Entertainment and nightlife are still shut by the government mandate, despite high vaccination numbers also hurting the number of tourists and businesses that can open. When these businesses were allowed to open, it helps all the other businesses and markets in the area with lively and exciting engagement. However, the government still won't let them open. Small business owners also spoke negatively of what they say are constantly changing travel rules around domestic tourism and visitors from around Thailand, stating the rules being overly strict and constantly changing prohibit people already in Thailand from visiting, further hurting the economy. The Thai government has continuously spoken about the benefit of the sandbox and overall money being brought in, but according to small shops and retail owners, most of this is applied to SHA plus hotels, COVID-19 testing and high-end big business, not the smaller retailers that really need it. The current hope from small business owners on Phuket is that the island will be approved by the Thai government to completely open by December, a proposal which calls for removal of multiple COVID expensive tests after arrival and restrictions on where one can stay. Additionally, business owners want every sector, including nightlife, always popular with tourists open and available for customers. Business owners also want fewer restrictions for domestic visitors and less paperwork, like the hated COE for foreign visitors. So far, the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration has not officially commented or reviewed the proposal, nor have they promised to do so. So this is something we've spoken about at great length on this show, and I think this is summed up very well in this article. I've spoken regularly about how the sandbox is good for big business, who've got connections, but not good for the small guy. I recently reviewed how much money has been made in RT-PCR tests by one business on the island who has set up four or five different testing sites that only sandbox tourists can use and in the month of August they made 3 million euro from it. So yes it's big big business for people. If you go to the Phuket checkpoint on the way in they've set up a testing lab for ATK tests for rapid antigen tests and the price at the moment is about 400 baht. Big business too there 
with a lot of people queuing up to get their tests so they can enter the province. To me, this is all about big businesses in Phuket making a lot of money while everybody else gets nothing. And the Phuket Sandbox was designed and was meant to be for local people, not just the big boys. But that's what it's turned out to be, the sandbox for the rich and powerful of Phuket. It's a sad state of affairs when you really think about it. I know a lot of people will talk and say, oh, the Phuket Sandbox great, I traveled in on it, it's fantastic, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, if it's not benefiting local people, then who really cares if the sandbox is good for you? And I don't mean that in a flippant way. I'm just saying that the point of tourism is to benefit the people of that country, not just to make the travelers happy. And if there's no benefit for local people, then what's the point of having it at all? The big guys don't want to share any of the money, as you can see from when I, I spoke about the guest houses being shut down. And, you know, the more I investigate that, the more I find out that this is big business that has been at it, has been trying to get rid of the competition so they can have it to themselves. But is anything going to be done about it? No, it'll continue for months more. Now, the Phuket Sandbox is meant to expire on the 30th of September. Now, I'm pretty sure it's going to be extended beyond that. You probably won't hear anything about it being extended. It'll just, you know, automatically be and nobody will hear about it. But yes, if people want to open, but they should. Now, I don't agree with Phuket being the first one to be allowed to open. I, I as I said, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be consistent when I say this. The entire country should open at the same time and it should be done with the least amount of restrictions possible. And I don't believe Phuket is any more special than anywhere else in the country. And I don't believe they have the right to open up before everybody else when the country finally does reopen. And now for the Phuket news. Phuket reported 243 new COVID-19 infections in the past 24 hours. One of them was from the Sandbox program. Over the past seven days, Phuket has recorded a total of 1,680 COVID-19 cases. We had 630 international arrivals through the Sandbox scheme, all tested negative for COVID on arrival. They arrived on seven flights, one Qatar Airways, one Thai Airways, two Singapore Airlines, one Emirates and a private jet. 694 travellers tested negative for COVID-19 during their second and third tests as well. Since the 1st of July, 34,043 travellers have availed of the Sandbox programme. And now for some other Phuket news. Phuket officials mull easing domestic entry requirements. Phuket officials have tabled making further changes to the requirements for domestic visitors to enter the province in the hope of providing a means to boost the island's flailing economy. Met, gun seized in Phuket drug bust. Talang police arrested two suspects and seized 310 pills of methamphetamine, that's Yaba, and a gun with ammunition in Paklok yesterday. And finally, government prepares to recruit Thais to address the labour shortage. The Thai government aims to promote employment for Thais in industries facing labour shortages and is preparing to recruit Thais to fill more than 400,000 jobs left vacant by migrant workers due to the COVID-19 restrictions. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kira Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.